0: Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. What's in a name? Romans 1 and verse 7 says, To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us talk about being called a saint. The writer of this letter to the first century church of believers in Rome called his audience saints. Saints. In fact, if you read the letter in the King James Version of the Bible, the writer uses the word eight times in this one letter. More interestingly, it is used no less than 60 times in the New Testament and a total of 95 times in the whole Bible. Let us talk about the name. It is clear from the text that a saint is regarded as someone who is a member of the family of God, someone who is a believer in Jesus. So that based on the use of the word, a saint is simply anyone who is a child of God. That, however, is just the beginning. The Bible is very clear that a fundamental characteristic of someone who carries the status of being a saint ought to bring justice to that designation. Peter speaks of that fundamental feature of the person who is called a saint, in First Peter 1, he quotes a statement from the Old Testament to 1st century saints. You are required to be holy even as God is holy. That is a tall order insofar as it is impossible to be holy as God. So how does a saint become holy as God is holy? Holiness seems to be attained in the doing rather than the naming. As obedient children, Peter writes, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you to be holy is holy, so be holy in all you do. So Peter is saying that if you are a dancer, prove it. Prove it by your dancing. If you are a footballer, it ought to be confirmed by you conforming to the practice of being a footballer. What is the use of you being called a footballer, yet we have never seen you playing football? We have nothing in the archives to show that you were a footballer in earlier years? How then do we find agreement between the name and your lifestyle? That is what Peter is saying to the saints, to the believer in Christ. Since you have become a saint by your professional faith in Jesus, then at least justify the designation by your doing. He explains himself well. Now that you are a saint, then you need to no longer be influenced to live by the evil desires that you once lived by before you became a saint, in the biblical sense of the word. Rather, you have to adopt a new lifestyle, adopt a new body of behavior. The saint now lives his life as a saint, and this saint is one who chooses to be holy. We go back to Paul for the answer to a question that I'm sure you are asking just about now. Holiness seems like an abstract concept, so how can we become holy? Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let us cheat and see the desired end before we break it down. Paul is clearly stating that you saint should so live your life that you are a living person that is living in the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm. Paul says that the doing requires you to hand over control of your life to Jesus. You have to get to that place of decision where you give God permission to carry out the process of transformation of this new person who you are, who is a saint by definition, but not yet saint in lifestyle. He says this is not a ridiculous demand on you. It is considered reasonable and fundamental. Then he gives you step two. Be not conformed to the lifestyle among non-believers. If you want to be a saint in the true sense of the word, holy, then you have to be consciously and intentionally become transformed in your mind. The mind seems to be a critical feature of your life. The mind is where the decision to be transformed is first made. It is the mind that has to experience a change from unholy to holy. If this transformation can successfully occur in the mind, then it is going to reflect in your action, in your behavior, in you becoming holy. A third feature of walking in the true definition of being a saint is that becoming holy is not a one-shot experience, but it's ongoing. This holiness is attained and sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit as you surrender your life to the Spirit whose responsibility it is to sanctify you on this ongoing basis so over time you might notice that you are becoming holy. It is achieved through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Again, let us hear two things that Paul had to say about attaining this ongoing state of holiness. First, he said that the saints should practice walking in the spirit, meaning living under the 100% leading of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the spirit ensures that you are able to overcome the worldliness that can easily pull you back to square one. Don't let that happen. He says if you stick to this program of walking in the spirit, over time, you will begin to produce the fruit of the spirit. What is fruit of the spirit? You are becoming more and more holy. You are moving in the right direction, walking in the true definition of the saints. So what's in a name? It's a lifestyle that requires you to move forward in your actions and thoughts. That is, if you desire to be a true example of a holy person. To be able to humbly say that I give God thanks for bringing me into being the saint he wants me to be.